Welcome to Peaking to Success, the podcast that delves deep into our guest success stories. The highs, the lows, the lessons learned, and if there's any exciting future plans lined up. Talking about future plans, Peaking into Success is proudly supported by Peak Wills and Estate Planning. We're here to support you with any future planning. Long gone are the times of solicitors in suits and ties and dark rooms and outdated practices. We are proud to offer a fresh and dynamic approach to the stuffy old world of wills, changing the way we talk about what happens when we die. But... That's enough talk about death on a podcast introduction. It's time to pass you over to Peeking Into Success host, Mr. Adam Kahn. Whose success are we peeking into this episode, Adam? Thanks, Sam. Today we have on a footballer who has played for teams such as Southend, Derby, Forest Green and Crawley. And is currently applying his trade in League 2 with Walsall. We have Isaac Hutchinson. Want to know what's happening within Derby's black community? Or perhaps you have a story of your own to share? Then look no further than Majatu, your one-stop source for local African and Caribbean news. With our digital news platform and quarterly print magazine, keep up to date on all of the latest in arts, entertainment, food, sports and more. Find us online at mojatu.com. Hi Isaac, how are you today? All good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, so, of course, for people that don't know who you are, how would you sum up yourself characteristically as well as what you do as a career in a nutshell? Um, I like to, I'd like to think I'm hardworking, um, driven, someone who um, has obviously got aspirations and, and will work hard to try and achieve them aspirations. Um, Hopefully, people would would sort of see me as like a nice person, a good person, um, and and yeah, hopefully they're probably the the main traits I'd I'd say are um, important. Nice, and of course you are a footballer as well, aren't you? That's a career path you have gone down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, at Walsall at the moment, um, started my career with. Obviously, at youth youth team football, I started down where I live in Bright near Brighton, um, with a team called Ratton Rangers. Um, I then went on the I went on a couple trials when I was about seven or eight. I went on one at Gillingham and one at Crystal Palace, and both of them said no. Um, and then when I was ten, I went on trial at Brighton and got signed at Brighton. Um, and then was at Brighton all the way through until from 10 till 18. Didn't get a pro contract after my scholar. Um, and then went on the couple trials here and there as well. I went to um, I went Sheffield United. I went to Burnley. Um, I went abroad. I went to Sparta Prague. Yep. Um, so I went on a few different trials and stuff and in the end I went to Sparta Prague and they offered me a contract and so did South End. Okay. Um so I had a bit of a decision to make there and I ended up going to South End. I just wanted to stay in England at the time. I was only eighteen. So I thought that it probably would be the best the best opportunity to, to get into like the English game like professionally, start getting men's football. Um, which I did. Um, I, I think I ended up playing about 40, 40 or so games for Southend. 
um, while, I was, while I was a teenager and then obviously COVID happened and after COVID went back with Southend and then ended up signing for Derby. Yeah. Had two years of Derby with a couple of loans. I went on loan at Forest Green and uh, Crawley in that two years and also made a couple of appearances for Derby and then signed for Walsall at the start of last season and have been there, been there since. So, so of course, you've whistled through uh, your career there. Um, is there a reason, like, when, of course, when you choose to kind of leave a club or sign for a new club, what kind of goes through your head when you're making them decisions to move? Is, of course, you've had loan moves as well as permanent moves. Yeah, so, so with permanent moves, it's, it's obviously dependent on your, your situation. So, like... Uh, when I left Brighton, I obviously didn't get offered a pro contract there, which is which happens to a lot of a lot of kids and stuff at that at that age. Um, and like I say, with with Southend, I just felt I went and trained there for a couple of weeks, and I just felt like it was a good a good place for me to to get an opportunity. I think, and within a month or so of probably two two months of being there, I'd made my debut for the first team and scored yeah. on my debut. So. Um, and sort of my career then sort of kick-started from there. Um, and then, yeah, when, like, with Derby come about, obviously, like I said, of aspirations of I wanted to play as high as possible, I want to play as high as possible. And Derby's a massive club, massive history. Um, so when that opportunity come about, I just jumped it, really. I just wanted to, I wanted to test myself. And I think at the, at the time I was only 20, so still young and I went in with the under 23s but I think it was just the the opportunity to get back into that sort of environment yeah. a big club um, and try and get into the first team and even with the 23s it's a it's a good level of football at, at Cat 1 23s football so I think yeah I just wanted to wanted to push myself and and once I got there I think because I've been playing men's football for a couple of seasons at South End like in the football league and I went there and got and was in the twenty threes. It sort of it was a tough transition because you go into the twenty threes. It was the season where there's no fans or nothing, um, and I found it tough to sort of get my head around it, settle in with that sort of side of things because I was just used to it. Almost once I got there, it almost felt like I'd taken a step backwards because I was no longer playing first team football. Yeah. So I went then went on loan to Forest Green and. And with that, I think it was just a case of wanting to... I didn't want to miss out on on that men's football experience. You know what I mean, at a young age, considering I'd had a fair bit of it, I just wanted to get back into that environment. Um, and that was obviously the motivation behind that. Forest Green were doing really well at the time. I think they were in the top three in, in League Two. Um, so, yeah, it was it was all looking good on paper. And I went there and it just... It probably couldn't have gone worse, really. From a from a you know a football standpoint, I went there. I think I made ten appearances. Three of them were starts, and I came off at half time in two of them. Jeez. So and I think so. It was just a really tough time. Obviously, like I say, the team were doing quite well, and and the manager didn't really change the team up too much. Um, but it was just a really tough period where. 
I'm in lockdown. You can't really go anywhere, do nothing. I don't see my family. And I'm at Forest Green, which is... I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I've seen the stadium before. Yeah, so... Went there and it just... Yeah, it was just tough. It was... I was, felt like I was working hard, doing everything I could do to, you know, earn opportunities and stuff like that. But, you know, when they weren't really coming coming to me that often and then when I did have one I was sort of caught cold because you're not playing regular football so you go into the team and obviously like I said I'm still 20 at the time so it's not like I've got loads of experience to sort of go off of and um, so yeah it's just tough but I think it almost um, once that loan finished and I went back to Derby it sort of it gave me a bit of added motivation to be honest I think I went back to Derby with a bit of a I need to prove myself sort of mindset. Yeah. Um, and I went back to Derby with the with the first team. Sorry, no, not with the first team, with the twenty three. So straight away, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Because <laughs> of obviously off the back off the back of a line with with the lead two, so I'm thinking need an opportunity to at least train with the first team, and I wasn't. Um, but no, I mean, I just. So I've got my head down and just and done what I could and I think there was one time where someone got, in, got injured so I went over and trained. This was about two, maybe two weeks into pre-season. Okay. Uh, went over and trained and, and trained really well and from that point on I was, I was just with them, like training with them and then see playing in pre-season with them. Made my debut in the first game of the season um, against Huddersfield in the Championship which was obviously a special moment. Played in a couple of the cup games and scored against Salford, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I went back with like a a really positive mindset, really, just to try and prove myself. Because um, obviously it was, a, it was a tough time for Derby as well, like with with all the problems with going into administration and stuff. Like it was a really like a tough period in general. So I think. Um, yeah, it was just a case of focusing on the football and trying to and trying to do what you can. Um, that was going to be my think... next question. I was going to say, of course, you mentioned about Derby and the struggles they had. Was that so? When you kind of went on loan to Crawley and then, of course, left, was that kind of your was that your decision and you wanting to move away from Derby, or was it due to, of course? the financial struggles that they were going through through that time? So, I'm not... So, basically, when when I moved to Derby, the... Derby had to pay South End if I played. Right, OK. I played, made appearances and stuff. So, that when we went to admin, I'm not 100% sure whether it's 100% down to that or not a down to it at all but I think once they went into admin there was no chance I was ever going to play because they just they didn't have the money even if they wanted to to, to do it yeah so, so I went on loan to Crawley and it, it went really well obviously with John Yems I know you've, you've um, done the podcast with him I um, have yeah he gave me an opportunity um, and I loved every minute of he was, he was a good good manager he put a lot of trust in me and it was a good period for me um but yeah, obviously, like I say, the, the struggles at Derby were still happening. And, and come the end of the season, I think it wasn't 
it, it certainly wasn't my decision. I was out of contract anyway. Um, okay. And yeah, just it was the club's decision to say that they weren't going to renew the contract, and and that was that really. Was there more options on the table than Walsall, or was Walsall kind of the option you got given to join? No, I had I had a couple of options. Um, it's obviously it's tough, like with because you're coming off the back. For me, I was coming off the back of a couple of seasons where it was really disjointed. I hadn't played a, a lot of football to really showcase myself. Whether that was to showcase myself to Derby to say that I should get another contract or or other clubs, um, but. Yeah, like I said, I had a couple of other options, but I spoke to um, the Walsall manager at the time, Michael Flynn, um, and I had really positive conversations with him. Um, got a lot of respect for him. He, he put a lot of trust in me. Um, and yeah, obviously chose, chose Walsall off the back of that. And I mean, it shows from your appearances from, of course, the other clubs to then last season and this season, like you already having nine this season and, of course, 44 appearances last season. So do you feel happier that you're getting the consistent game time and it's making you a better player and you're more, you're more developed as a player now that you're getting them games under your belt? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like I say, I think that was what I was desperate for. I think after my period at Southend where as a, see a, young, a young kid in, in terms of in football terms, I'd wrapped up a few appearances, which is a good thing. But then I wanted that next step where I really cemented myself into into a team, um, and that and the derby period sort of put a little bit of a halt to that because it was such an up and down sort of period. Yeah. So yeah, with, with after that derby period, all I all I thought was I just need to get settled somewhere. Spend a full season there as well because obviously at Derby for a couple of years. So I need to get settled somewhere, get my head down, and and um, and yeah, just get somewhere where I can have that platform to to have the games to to improve and to and to show what I can do, which obviously also have given me. Brilliant, and I mean, you, we've kind of gone through your career there. Of course, you are a midfielder, if no one did know that. So who would you liken yourself to in the game if you could liken yourself to a player from the past or and or what you want to achieve as a player in your position? Uh, well, that's a tough one. I don't know if it's tough to sort of say who I'm like. I don't want don't to say anyone and that'd be a bit of a... No, no, like Ronaldo, I like Ronaldo, what I mean. But like, <laughs> um, no, I think... play style and how you kind of play in a game, who would you like in your like skill set and your play style too? Um, I'd say, obviously I'm an attacking midfielder, so there's quite a few, um, obviously attacking midfielders, especially like over the years, like... I try and base my game around the sort of the type of players that are more my sort of build and 
and physicality sort of as well because yeah. obviously sometimes you sort of think of attacking players as little tricky sort of quick like attacking players like that but there's also there's a lot of players who are like my sort of height like sort of six foot two still very like technically good and and stuff like that so like if I was to watch videos of people I want to play like it would be players like Zidane and Bellingham now mm, if you look yeah. at someone like him um they're the sort of players that if you was to say who would you want to play like or who do you think you could model your game off of they're the sort of type of players that I would be looking at nice um of course we've focused on your career in a whole um is there one standout moment that you see as your biggest achievement or your career high in the footballing game so far um I'd say my biggest achievement is probably is probably play, making my debut in the championship because that's obviously it's a tough league for a massive club like Derby. Obviously, regardless of wherever wherever they are now or whatever situation was, that's a big club, um, and it was obviously I feel honoured to have had that sort of experience to play for Derby in the championship. I've got. I've got that under my belt sort of thing. Um, my biggest high would definitely be when I scored on my debut because as it doesn't matter that what sort of level it is or what sort of um what sort of game it is, you sort of you dream of your debut as a as a kid coming through the academy and stuff like that and you just obviously wondering how it's gonna go, thinking, Oh, imagine if I scored and I I came on maybe with about ten minutes to go. And I think it was maybe 50 seconds or something and I'd scored. Jeez. So, like, the feeling of that was just... It was special and that's probably... Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure I've felt a feeling like that before. like And since, probably, just because of the... The... Um, I don't know, it's almost like relief, shock, like, surprise. Like, it's just everything sort of coming into one and obviously... And like my uh, my old man came to that game to watch at Southend, so he was there to see it as well. Um, so yeah, that's probably that's probably my biggest high, just because of the feeling it gave me. And I mean, I bet when you come on and there's been fifty seconds and you score, I bet you don't even know how to celebrate or what to do. What kind of was your first instance after you scored that goal? Yeah, I mean, it was just like I remember I scored. Seen it go in. I've run, run over to where the fans are, um, and I've done a stu- I've done a ridiculous celebration. It's like a little stupid, um, a little dance. Um, oh, I can't. This is like a, it's from my, it's through my family. Me and my my cousin, I think is. Um, I think it was. We was just messing about. We did. There's this dance, and I just remember we was laughing at it. It's really stupid, but. I remember when I was a kid at Brighton, I I scored a goal and I did it when they were at a game. Okay. So, and that was a the game was at the stadium, so it was like a, it was like a big occasion for you at the time. Like you were playing at the stadium at Brighton, and it's like quite a big occasion for you. And obviously, from that point, I, it was probably I don't know, probably a big occasion again. And I just it was the first thing that came to my mind to do it. Obviously, just as a little. 
uh, funny thing for my family. Like, just it's just funny, really. But I, yeah, that's the first thing that came to me. So it's like a little a little dance I did. But there you go. And I mean, at least no one can kind of take that off you. Of course, people nowadays try and mimic and take other people's celebrations. So you having that and just saying, yeah, I did it because of me and my cousin, that's more meaningful to you, isn't it? So, that's a... Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I think um, no-one's going to be trying to steal that anytime soon, either. <laughs> um, of course, you've said your high. Is there a defining moment? So, like, maybe a piece of advice someone's given you or kind of a particular game where you think you played well that's kind of defined the path and the play you've become? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've I've been given a lot of advice uh, over the years. I've had a lot of different managers, different personalities, um, which have all sort of rounded me and guided me in different ways on what to do, what not to do, what bits of, you know, there's certain things that people say and you think maybe that's not the sort of best not the right thing I need to be hearing at the moment and there's certain things that you do need to hear. We've I I had a man I had a manager at South End who funnily enough is now one of the coaches at Walsall. Okay. And I just remember one time going in and seeing him because I think I can't remember I was I'd I'd been playing but I wasn't really stamping my for it like I wasn't playing as well as I could have been doing it do you know what I mean and okay yeah, yeah. When I went and spoke to him and he just, I just remember him saying like he just was really honest with me and said about the things I don't do mainly things that don't involve the football because obviously I'm an attacking player so that sort of side of things comes quite naturally just saying about how I need to do these things and if I don't I, I won't have a career because they're so important to, to playing at this level. And it was and he put it pretty bluntly and it might it might not sound that bad, but when I heard it I was like, Oh my god, like if I don't if I don't do these things I'm just never I'm just, I'm gonna like drop out of the game. I'm not gonna get to where I wanna get to. Um and from that point on I've sort of I've remembered it and I'm don't get me wrong, I'm definitely not perfect at it. There's so many, there's so many things I can improve on, but um, that was probably a bit of that's the main bit of advice I, that sticks out to me, just because of how it made me feel at the time. I just remember thinking, I need to, I need to make sure that I'm doing all parts of the game, otherwise, because I don't want to not be a professional footballer. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably the. Yeah, I'd say that's the main bit of advice that's, that's stuck with me. Um, with regards to sort of a turning point as such, probably, I'll probably say the, my time at Crawley, just as a whole, it really, yeah. really got my confidence back. Um, because after, obviously, like I say, a tough, probably a year and a half where um, at Derby, I'm going on loan, then I'm back at Derby, I think I'm in the team, and then I think I got injured and then had COVID at the same time, and after that, we were in administration, so it also was sort of like, just felt like it was going against me, and on deadline day, I signed for Crawley, so even that, I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to get done, I'm going to end up sitting in the 23s for the rest of the season, 
where do I go from there? So it gets done, and and like I say, um, I went to Crawley with John Yems, and it it was just the best thing I poss- like could have possibly done because it just got me back enjoying football, playing for someone who had a lot of faith in me, um, put me in the team straight away, gave me minutes straight away, and, and gave me a lot of confidence, um, which I needed, and then. So off the back of that loan spell, I just felt much more confident within myself and within playing at that level to then go to Walsall and and kick on. Nice. And I mean, it's good to know that, of course, having loan moves does benefit players. Is Of course, some people just go on loans and they feel like, oh, that's me done. Whereas you've used it as a kind of reigniter and is reignited your career. You enjoyed playing at Crawley and now you've kind of carried that on into Warsaw, which is a big thing and a lot of people don't understand how important loans are in the footballing game for players like yourself. Yeah, definitely. The thing is, I just remember thinking after that, that I'm not the first player that's going to have a, a loan move that hasn't worked out and I'm not the last player either. Um, and to be honest with you, I probably, you know, how everything sort of shapes you. So I think as much as it was a horrible period, I learned so much like about myself. I think I've so, like I came out of it so much stronger mentally, having to sort of because no one understands like the sort of other than the people close to you, no one really understands the struggle or like how hard it can be in them situations. So. Off the back of that, a, a bad loan, I think it really, I come out of it stronger. Yeah. For like, for the, the reason I never expected, I came out of it having learned something and a better a better player and a better person, probably just because of that bad experience. That makes sense. And then, and then like you say, on the, other, on the other hand, I've had a really positive experience as well. So yeah, they're, I think whether they're, a loan is a loan is normally coming about because the club you're at want you to get experience. They want you to show what you can do. So I think, yeah, a good, a bad loan definitely isn't the end. You look at like Harry Kane, how many loans he had. It's just like they're, they're never going to be the end, the end of the story. And then good loans can be really positive to build off of. Like I say, for me, it really really gave me the confidence to push on and, and yeah, like I say, then going to Walsall in a mindset of kicking on and and showing what I can do. Nice. And of course, you're at Walsall now. Is there any plans for, of course, you to further develop your game coming up or kind of what are your hopes for Walsall for the season as well? Yeah, I mean... As, as a team, we've got a um, a really ambitious team, a really ambitious group of players um, who, putting it bluntly, we we want to get promoted. That's the that has to be the aim. The, there's leagues above us, there's players above us, and we we want to be a team that that pushes on and and gets the club up the leagues. Yeah. Um, so. As a team, as a club, that's without doubt the aim. Uh, for me, personally, I feel like 
off the back of last season, I feel like I really established myself and, and sort of become um, an important player, someone who can take responsibility and and be a bit of a a leader, especially this season off the back of last season. I want to I want to add that to my game. I want to be someone who leads. Um, you know, not just the captains have to lead. Every player can can do their can do their bit to to help the team. Um, so that's definitely something I'll, I'm trying to I'm trying to do this season. And yeah, just try and help the team the team do well. Nice. Um, now focusing kind of in a reflective sense on you and your career, going back to of course being in the. Brighton youth team, shall we say, to now, is there anything that you would do differently in your career? Um, yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah, it definitely is. There's lots of, looking back in hindsight, there's lots of, there's lots of things you do or, or decisions you make where you, if you could go back, you'd probably make a, a different one. To be honest with you, going through... The academy, it was a pretty, it was a pretty smooth um, sort of period. I went, obviously, like I said, I signed at ten, um, and I sort of always felt like I was one of the better players um, around, maybe under twelve, under twelves, thirteens. I started playing up here quite a bit. Nice. That's always a sign where you you sort of think you know you're doing quite well. Um, and when I was under 14s, I believe, I got offered my scholarship. So normally you get to under 16s and they offer you a scholarship. Right. Um, or you get released, obviously. But So I got offered my scholarship two years early. Um, and at the time, it was like, oh, like this is brilliant. Like Obviously, it's a massive show of, of faith from the club. But like for me, it was just like, it was just a, almost not a relief, but like I felt like a million dollars. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just it's just one of them things. If you're getting it early, you know you're doing well, and and that sort of thing. Um, if I could go back now, I probably wouldn't have signed it okay. because I just think I just think it just led to maybe subconsciously a little bit of complacency from me at times. Because like after after I got offered it, there was it was still all good. I was playing up a year pretty much all the time. As an under fifteen, I was with the sixteens. As an under sixteen, I was playing in the under eighteens. Um, I was in and around the England under sixteen squads. I went to a couple of training camps and stuff like that. So it was all it was all pretty positive. But yeah, like I say, if I could, I wouldn't. If I could go back now, I wouldn't have signed the the scholarship early because I think. At that age, there were so much more possibilities without doing that. I think it just sort of, like I say, it probably led to a bit of complacency from me and also it just meant where I was at the club, I couldn't sort of, what's the word, I couldn't be open to anything else, do you know what I mean? Okay. Because at the time, I feel like I was doing really well. And maybe, who knows, if you don't sign it, you might get to under-16s and you might have 
bigger clubs coming in for you or because I don't think they would have offered a scholarship to a 14 year old for no reason yeah no that's true so I think at the time looking back I think potentially there might have been other options available and, and I think by signing it I just closed myself off a bit and then but at the same time if I don't do that the whole my whole journey could be different and you don't know whether that's better or for worse that's, so that's the thing we've all got to take risks and Sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. And I mean, football is kind of a very risk, high risk like career to get into because, of course, you don't know if you're going to stick with that team. You don't know. There's so many factors going on with, of course, managers favouring you and not favouring you and all that kind of thing. You don't know what's going to be around the corner. So, I mean, you just wanted the stability and you took that option at Brighton where it could have all played out differently we don't know um, yeah is there a piece of advice exactly. that you'd, you'd give yourself if you went back um, yeah I'd still give it to myself now and it's don't overthink because I spent so many t- so many hours just thinking about dwelling is probably the right word dwelling on bad games, bad things I did. I could have had a great game, but I'd think about the four or five bad things that I did. And it's still a bit the same now. So I think, yeah, if I could give myself any advice, especially as a as a younger a younger player, it would definitely be just to enjoy it more. Don't work like just to yeah, not to worry about the, the mistakes and the because it's such a special thing to be able to do football every day yeah and the days where you don't enjoy it or the days where you come out of it thinking oh I wish like just being upset with how it's gone or thinking about a bad session or anything it just like it's a wasted day you can't change it you just gotta you're going you're going into football the next day with your mates and you're playing again like it would definitely be that don't don't overthink don't don't dwell on things just enjoy it and and look forward no that's a nice one and I mean that can fit into any career that anyone does as long as you're passionate about it and enjoying yourself don't kind of look overthink the negatives but no completely agree um we're going to go into some quick fire questions now of course you don't know what these are but I've got faith that you'll be able to answer them all to a good ability um, so we're going to start off with, of course, you've been to a few clubs now, so I know that you would have done initiation songs. What's yeah. kind of your go-to song that you'd sing? Uh, I've sung a couple, I've sung a few different ones. I think the one I've sung the most is um, Robbie Williams' Angels. Nice. Get everyone involved as well. Yeah, try to. <laughs> Are you a good singer, or? Nah, not really. Depends. Depends. Sometimes, if I'm feeling it, but it's quite tough when you stood on a chair in front of everyone. You're a bit like, I was just more worried about not falling off the chair. Like you just feel like you're about to fall off of it. Um, I can hold my own. No, good. Um, what's the best stadium in your opinion that you played at? So maybe a stadium that means something to you, or. Just generally the best one in your opinion? Um, 
the best I do too. For the best stadium, the one with the most probably history is the Ibrox Stadium, Rangers. Nice. Um actually playing a professional game the Stadium of Light we played South End uh, we played Sunderland for South End um, and there was about 30,000 there and that was like the most I played in front of so that was definitely the best sort of experience in a stadium Nice um, is there a dream stadium that you hope you'll be able to play at in your career? Wembley Wembley uh, yeah, definitely would that be hopefully the end of the season would you see that coming or are you kind of seeing to the future a bit further either I I think um, I think it would just be a privilege to play at Wembley at any point in your career whether it's you know right at the people at the top level playing in the FA Cups and stuff or, or for England or in League 2 playing in the playoffs I think wherever that is you it's a privilege and that's yeah hope, hopefully at the end of this season that can be the case nice um, is there a piece of footballing memorabilia that you kind of cherish or hang up so is there like a shirt that you swap with someone or something that you've like taken after a win or a match ball that you kind of cherish as a piece of football memorabilia for yourself uh, yeah so I keep all of my Every, all of my match shirts, I keep all of them because I think they're come the end of my career, they'll be special to me. Nice. Um, and the pro, we have there hasn't been many, but we so last season we played Leicester in the FA Cup and I swapped shirts with Madison. So I was, I've got his shirt at home, which is which is good because obviously look, it's a it's a player who another player who I try to sort of base my game off of. He's a very good footballer someone I'd look up to as like in the football terms. So yeah, to get his to get his shirt was, was quite special. And I mean you wouldn't be able to get that again as now he's moved to Spurs, so I mean you've been able yeah. to get it and it's kind of a sought after shirt now. Um Yeah, exactly. Is there a player that you've who's the hardest player you think you played against? So it could be kind of in the whole field or kind of for you, match to match, who kind of you were marking in a game that you found particularly hard? Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I'd say, trying to think of, of who I've played against. Yeah, probably Madison, to be honest. He played in, he played in midfield when, when we played him in the cup. He was, he was very tough to get close to. Um, so yeah, he's probably the the toughest player to play against in that sense. Like we didn't have a lot of the ball in it, and he was on it quite a lot, so that was tough. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say him. Nice. Um, is there one thing that you've currently got on your bucket list that you hope to achieve? In football terms. In in any it can be whatever you personally see at the top of your bucket list. So when if you were writing a bucket list of things that you wanted to do before you die, what would be like at the top the one thing that you'd want to do? At the top of that list is playing the Premier League. No. So like I I'm still reasonably young. I think there's still time for me to get there. So that's my 
clinging on to that one. There's, there's many players that, of course, have gone through the leagues and got there, like Jamie Vardy at a later stage. So it's it's always achievable for you to get there. And I mean, you're only 23 at the moment, aren't you? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stay positive. Exactly. And the last question is going to be, of course, you're currently at Walsall. So what is kind of your gem of Walsall? So something that you like to take people to, like if your family or your friends are visiting, what's the one place you try and take them to when they come and visit you? Uh, do you know what? It's probably, it's not in Walsall, it's in Birmingham, which is obviously, it's all it's all the same sort of area. Um, yeah. But me and my girlfriend, we go for a walk on Sunday mornings and this is like, it's a nice place, it's like, you get a little coffee and stuff um, around like this big sort of lake thing and, but what, like walking around, there's just like these like wild like, horses or like ponies or something okay. like walk around nice. um but like especially in the winter it's quite like a really like peaceful sort of place so like i'd probably say that's the main place like people to come up and say yeah we need to go there because it's just like a nice experience no that's good i like that and i mean it's different not everyone's going to choose it it's not like a big attraction so no i rate the i rate the smaller things um thank you for coming on uh, where will people be able to kind of find you kind of away from the football pitch? What, in terms of... Uh, in terms of, like, online, where will people be able to oh, find okay. you? Yeah, um, so I think my my Instagram's Isaac Hutchinson underscore and my Twitter is at Hutch Isaac. So they're, they're the main places I'd be... Brilliant. Um, online on no and i mean thank you for coming on and kind of sharing your career and everything involved with that i mean it's nice to kind of see the other side of the kind of apart from just watching the game and people hurling abuse or hurling praise and chanting so now i appreciate you coming on yeah no thank you thank you for having me Join me, Daisy Ray, on the Talk Poetry To Me podcast, where we dive into the hearts and minds of poets and spoken word artists, unveiling emotions, sharing stories and embracing the power of words. Tune in to discover the voices that paint our world with truth. Talk Poetry To Me. You can listen wherever you download your podcasts. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Peaking to Success podcast. If you enjoyed, please make sure you follow us on Spotify as well as Instagram where you can see all the updates of who is coming up as well as who has already been on the podcast as well as Twitter where there is information and interaction from me on there as well. Thank you.